What's going on, everyone? Welcome into Near Falls with D. Hall, a wrestling podcast. Here we go. Welcome to Near Falls with D. Hall. He's talking on bars and how they win it all. Yeah, it's Near Falls with D. Hall. The final takedown, the glory or the fall. So loosen up. Step on in, wrestle with the need to win. We're talking near falls with D Hall. Ready or not, he's here to brawl. What's going on, wrestling fans? Welcome into another edition of Near Falls with D Hall, a wrestling podcast. Today, our guest is none other than Drew Headley of Pittsburgh University. Uh, Drew has been in the sport for many, 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 many years. Uh, just a couple accolades. He was an All-American at Pitt, um, state place winner uh, and PIA, um, and part of the prestigious uh, Headley clan out of Waynesburg uh, um, on those dominant teams in the early 2000s. Uh, we're going to get into his story, uh, why he loves Pitt so much, because he's been there for many years and wrestled there. So we're going to get into all that good stuff. Um, but, but first... I just have a couple quick announcements before we get into everything. Um, just for you guys on the um, looking forward, uh, my next guest is actually Ryan Warner uh, with Wrestling Changed My Life podcast. Super excited to have him on. Kind of the reason why I started this podcast uh, because I really wanted to get people's stories around the area, around the Whippeal. And um, I think that this is, uh, you know, a very important one for me because I, I look up to this guy. So super excited to have him on. Uh, for all that you guys are out there that follow me on Instagram, you know, I got the merch out there with my hats. I'm getting my shirts made pretty soon. So come check that out. Um, but other than that, not too much else going on, man. Just excited to talk some wrestling with Drew here. And, uh, with that being said, we'll get right into it. I'm going to welcome him in here. Hey, Drew, how you doing? Welcome into the podcast. I'm doing well, man. How you doing tonight? I'm doing good, man. Super excited to have you on, uh, you know, just right off the bat, uh, with a little bit of connection, you know, I kind of use my brother as a, uh, as a starting point to kind of find everything. And, you know, I kind of branch out from there and, you know, you recruited him whenever he, you know, decided to go there earlier, a couple years ago, yep. um, before the new administration, you know, uh, kicked over and everything. So, you know, I think that uh, what you guys are doing at Pitt is super, super cool. Uh, you guys have really changed the culture very quickly over there. Um, but we're going to get into all that, I promise. So, Right off the bat, uh, obviously you're one of the most, you're part of the, one of the most famous names in Whippeal and Pennsylvania history, the Headley clan, right? Out of Waynesburg area down there in the little coal town. Um, and you know, they just produce wrestler after wrestler. You wrestled with the guys of like Coleman Scott in the early two thousands. And, uh, you know, for such a small school to produce, you know, that much talent is, is really impressive. Um, so let's kick it off kind of like that. I'm assuming you kind of had, you know, brothers or cousins that, that kind of got you started in the sport. Uh, it was mostly my dad. Okay. My dad was a, a high school wrestling coach for a long time uh, at Jefferson Morgan high school. Okay. So I was, you know, two, three years old and always running around the wrestling room there at Jefferson Morgan, watching some of his awesome wrestlers that he had. So those were the did people. He coach that I, Colette? He did. Okay. Yeah. He was Carrie's coach. Uh, through high school, um, and there were several other guys too, state champs, multiple state champs. Uh, so, you know, I was around it for a long time, and I looked up to those guys 
you know, from, you know, even before I started wrestling. And so that was just an easy introduction. You know, I couldn't wait to go to practice and just hang out with these guys. And then, you know, when I turned five, six years old and it was like time to wrestle that, you know, I look forward to that every single night. So it was cool to have my dad really be such a big part of my wrestling career. Yeah. So would you say that you kind of had the love for wrestling before you even started? Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I was like the little mat rat kid that, you know, I'd be at his practices and, you know, I'd be running around probably causing trouble and getting kicked by kid uh, guys wrestling, kicked in the face. I'm bleeding all over the mat. And so, you know, athletic <laughs> trainers are like taking care of me rather than the, uh, the wrestlers. But, you know, that's, I loved it. I, I could not wait to go to practice every day. Right. So, you know, and that's a common theme. Uh, you know, I actually had one of, uh, I had the Zanetta brothers on earlier oh, yeah. a couple of weeks ago and, you know, Anthony and Nick both kind of said the same thing when it, you know, that's the thing about our sport, man. It, it's a family thing, right? If you, your brother does it, you do it. You know, if you have an older brother, you have a dad, whatever the case may be. Um, and I think that's why, uh, you know, especially in in Western Pennsylvania, it just seems like just a sets of families to just keep, they cycle through and another Headley. It's like, I feel like every time I look at ever in Waynesburg, there's another Headley coming through. Right. <laughs> um, but with that being said, so obviously we're going to get into your high school, but you became super successful. Was there a moment in time or was there a story that you can tell me when you figured out, Hey, I'm pretty good at this stuff. Um, I don't know if there's a, a story about it, but I just had such a great group of kids that I grew up with and, and we all loved wrestling. Right. You, know, you already mentioned Coleman Scott, you know, another one of my best friends was Mark Throckmorton growing up. He, yep. he was really good. This kid, uh, Jeffrey Cumston, uh, the Niedermeyer brothers, you know, so we had like a really, really solid core of guys that were all from Waynesburg. So, you know, there, there weren't really wrestling clubs back then. We didn't travel to Young Guns or Quest or something like that. You know, it was just Waynesburg youth wrestling. And, wow. you know, we would travel everywhere together. It was like we had a carpool of people going every single weekend. It was, you know, to State College, to Erie, to, you know, wherever the next tournament was, wherever we could find the best competition. Uh, driving down to Tulsa, Oklahoma, you know, things like that. So I don't know if there was one story, but right. just wrestling with those guys every day in the wrestling room. And then, you know, I had success from a young age, but so did all of those guys. So we would go to these tournaments and just clean up. So, right. you know, that whenever you go back and, you know, maybe you're having a tough day in the room and you're losing, getting taken down by these other guys, you're like, well, these guys are really good too. So it's kind of uh, easy to tell that we were getting jumping levels pretty quick. Right. And, you know, uh, iron sharpens iron, right? I mean, you have those guys rubbing off on you, you're rubbing off on them. And and like you said, it's very easy to become, uh, you know, jump levels and become successful very quickly. Um, What was it like did you know from an early age that you're going to be work like your, your high school team obviously was super dominant, right? Mm-hmm. When did you guys figure that out? Like, Hey, we could have something here. And, and was it fun to be along for that ride? Yeah. I mean, like I said before, we, we had that room from a really young age, young age. I'm talking like 
six, seven years old is when right. we all started wrestling. Wow. So we're all around each other. And then, you know, by junior high, when we were uh, all like, you know, what was it? Junior high started like 75 pounds. And right. then it's up through like 120. We would go to these like dual meets and never lose a match. Oh my um, God. And so then when we go to like the PJWs, I think the one year when we were in PJWs, Waynesburg, we took 10 people and had nine guys in the state finals. So oh it was, wow. it, it was impressive. Like what mm-hmm. we were doing as little kids. And, you know, I give a lot of that credit to uh, Waynesburg high school's head coach right now is Joe Throckmorton. Right. Uh, and that was Mark, one of my best friends, dad. Okay. And he, he pushed us from the time, like I said, we were five or six years old. And I attribute a lot of, you know, whether it's mental toughness, technique, things like that, conditioning all to, to Joe, you know, he was with us from the time we were really young up through junior high and high school. He was always there. So there were, there were times when people would say like, Oh man, when these guys get in high school and and things like that, it didn't really mean that much to us because we were just competing every weekend at the time. It didn't, we weren't necessarily looking forward to, to high school. We were looking forward to the next competition. Like what can we go do next? Where can we test ourselves next? And, you know, I could see that just from the outside looking in and, uh, you know, I went to the Waynesburg Cannon Mac match this year at the mm-hmm. section finals. And, you know, you talk about a town that takes pride in their sport. I mean, I just, it was so cool to just go there and watch that. And, you know, you got a big smile on your face and I could tell that means a lot yeah. to you. And, you know, what was it like uh, growing up in a wrestling town like that? And, and you know, you talk about uh, Coach Throckmorton. Uh, you know, tons of respect for him. I, and I actually re- lived with a guy uh, that wrestled for Waynesburg. And, you know, he was like a 500 wrestler, but he loved Coach Rockmorton, loved him to death. And, you know, that just tells me he wasn't just there for, you know, the studs of the room. He was there all the way to the last guy on the bench, right? Yeah. So yeah. Uh, just super cool, man. If you could just talk a little bit about what Waynesburg means to you and why it is so such a – like it's such a great wrestling town and then we're going to start getting into your individual stuff for high school yeah i mean you you said it with with family and things like that but tradition is a huge thing too and that's waynesburg they just know wrestling now they used to be really good at football and that's dropped off a little bit but wrestling has been the one like constant sure we've had a couple down years but you know there's tradition there always um when i was a kid, you know, we would have 100, 120 kids in our little league wrestling. So, wow. Was, and there's probably not many kids in general in that school district, yeah, right? Yeah, I mean, I graduated with, I think, 100 and, 120, 125 kids. So, we're a small school. Um, and, you know, technically, we are a double A school, right. but, but wrestled triple A. Um, that was from the 80s, whenever the, uh, his name was Joe Ayersman, he was the head coach. And he's like, hey, we're, we're going to get the best competition. We're moving up the triple A and you know, they were having tons of comp tons of success. So then it was like, Hey, we're staying, we're not going back down. Cause when I was in high school, there was a, there was a big controversy. Like people were saying like, Hey, if we go down to double A, we can win the state. And some people wanted to do that. Some people didn't. And, you know, we just went to, as wrestlers, we just wanted to get competition, wherever it was. So it wasn't like our decision. Right. But uh, it, it is really cool to be a part of a big tradition. It wasn't like, you know, I was 
you know, the only one with success. It's fun to watch your, your teammates have success. And then the dual meets are, I, I love no matter what level it is, wrestling dual meets are, you know, one of the best things to watch in the sport just to Amen. see everybody get behind the team is so fun. You mentioned that match at Waynesburg, you know, that was, that was awesome. Like that was yep. so exciting. You never, back and forth, you never back and forth. Win. Yeah. It was, yeah, that's just, that's just amazing stuff. And, uh, you know, just before we get into it, cause you bring up something and I'd love to get your opinion on it. You know, you're obviously been a coach in the D one level for a long time. How, how do you feel? How come, why do you think that they've never gone forward with a dual national championship? You know, we have it at PIAA. It's very successful. People love it. Um, and other states have it. How come do you think it's just because they focus so hard on the NCAA tournament at the end of the year? Well, I, there's a mix of things. Uh, my opinion is that, you know, for one, the NCAA, if they did a individual and a dual meet, that makes two national championships for wrestling. That's true. So, you know, then you're into a, a whole nother issue with it's almost like another sport that you're handing out two national champions. And so then when you, when you don't add it into that, when it's not an NCAA sanctioned thing, then you got coaches that don't want to, you know, mess up their postseason because really the thing that does matter is the NCAA tournament. Right. So, so then you're messing with their schedule and do guys get hurt, things like yeah. that. So there's a, such a combination of things that go into it mm-hmm. and it would be great if everyone just agreed to do it, but you know, everybody's different. Every coach is different. And, and I, you know, I'm fine with that. Right. But it would be a lot of fun to, to be able to get something together, you know, where they could really see every year who the best dual meet team is. Cause yeah, that's I mean, half, more than half of our season is just dual meets. And you look at like last year, for instance, I feel like dual meets are just exploding across the country. Mm-hmm. You know, you guys wrestle in the ACC, uh, Virginia Tech, uh, North Carolina State, North Carolina. That that was a packed house down there. You guys, anytime you guys are in the field house and you're wrestling uh, uh, ACC opponent, I mean, it's packed, you know. And uh, I feel like that's how we grow the sport of wrestling. Um, though I think the sport's better now than it's ever been. But I kind of wanted to get your take on that because I find that a super interesting topic. And it makes sense. There's a lot of hoops to jump through. And obviously the NCAA is not the easiest thing to deal with sometimes for sure. Yeah. So, but let's move forward. So obviously you, you know, you're very, you're part of some super successful teams in high school and you found success yourself. You, you, you know, you were a state place winner, but now we're getting to the point in your career, you know, you're with all these guys. You talk about how much you loved all these guys that you grew up with, had battles with from the time you were damn near in diapers, right? <laughs> you go now you're going your separate ways, right? Uh, Coleman's going to, uh, with uh Oki State you, know, you end up at Pitt I'm not sure about your some of your other guys um that you, you were around but what was it like branching off and what made Pitt the right decision for you um whenever it was time to leave um my my biggest thing with going to Pitt was early on I knew I wanted to stay close to home because yeah. of how much my dad and, and my mom too how much they played a part in my success and getting me that far. Um, so I loved when, you know, my dad and mom could both be at my events and they really did travel all over the place, even in high school. But then, 
know, if I could stay local for college, um, get a great education, have good, great competition and, you know, be able to accomplish the goals that I had, uh, with wrestling and I could do that close to home, then that's what I was looking to do. So pretty early in the process, I narrowed down my, my schools and then it became a, you know, Pitt or West Virginia type decision. And there were a couple of things that stood out, you know, just with the, the city, which, you know, I love the city of Pittsburgh. And then my high school coach, coach Yates, uh, wrestled at Pitt as well. And so him and his wife, you know, met, met at Pitt and took me around Pitt one day and just like showed me some of the things that they really enjoyed about the, the city and the, the university. And I was, I was sold. So. And that's kind of funny now that you say that, cause now I'm thinking about it. Waynesburg's what 15 minutes from WU. Yeah. Yeah. We're like right on the border. Of right. Pennsylvania, West Virginia. So I'd be, at, you know, from Waynesburg here, like you said, 15, 20 minutes in at WVU. Um, so now that you're a pit, I'm sure you were probably a WV double geez. Oh man. Mountaineer fan growing up, I'm assuming. Right. I, I wasn't actually, you know, my dad, okay. my dad wrestled at Messiah college. So okay. yep. he, he wrestled um, out mechanicsburg, right? That's right. Yeah. yeah. And so a small school, they were NAIA and then moved to division three while he was in, in school. So he didn't really have like a team team that he was like loyal behind, but he always cheered for Pitt. And okay. uh, so we kind of, so I'm sure that helped, you know, that way a little bit. Yeah. Never Growing really. up. I mean, if you have the opportunity to go to a school that you grew up cheering, I'm sure that's a helps yeah. to make that decision a lot easier. Right. So going into your, your college years, um, you know, you become an all American your sophomore year, correct? Yep. Okay. So what was it like, you know, you've been grinding for this goal for so long and, you know, kind of walk me what went into that that season and why you hit on all cylinders come March and you, and you find your way, you know, to make the, uh, you know, All-American status and find your way on the podium. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I went into college with a lot of um, goals and pretty early I, I had some success. Uh, I wrestled 125 my freshman year, um, had success, beat some highly ranked guys early in the season and then had a lot of trouble with my weight. Like I just was mm-hmm. very immature and not doing things the right way and ended up like I didn't even, I didn't make weight at the, uh, the conference tournament at the end of the year. Oh, and wow. so that was like super devastating to me. And that really weighed hard on me over that summer. Um, and it still does today. Like I'm such an idiot. How did I miss weight uh, <laughs> at the conference tournament? Yeah. But, uh, that was the last time that that ever happened. Right. So glad that, uh, I, you know, I kind of grew up from that. And then going into my sophomore year, I was like, I had something extra to prove. And then things started falling in line my sophomore year. I was beating some good guys. And then. So before, but I'll cut you off for a split second. Yeah. Did you move up to 33 the following year? I did. Yeah. I went okay. To so I'm sure that was, that was a big help as well. It was, it was, um, you know, when I came to Pitt, you know, I was, I was the 125 pounder. I was, I was the only one that could even make the weight. So, um, I knew that's where I needed to be. But then when I got the opportunity the following year to go up and it was a pretty easy decision for me. Right, right, right. So, but then, yeah, I mean, I had success, uh, 
in my sophomore year. And then just at the NCAA tournament, you know, I ended up knocking off the number four seed in uh, the second round, uh, put me into the quarterfinals, and then I dropped that. But um, ended up taking eighth place. So it was definitely exciting. So walk me through your blood round match because I find that the most fascinating thing. I mean, I'm sure it's just, you know, you win that match, it's just pure adrenaline knowing that you're an All-American. Yeah, yeah. So that match was wild, actually. I wrestled a kid, uh, Derek Moore from Cal Davis, and he was a junior. He'd been in the round of 12 three times. Oh, my God. Ended up losing all three times, but then won a national title the next year. Right. So he was NCAA champ the following year at 141. But it was a – I had wrestled him earlier in the year. We wrestled at the Las Vegas tournament, mm-hmm. and he beat me 15-2. to two. Oh, my um, God. He, he's, like – he's super tall. He, I mean, has to be close to, like, six foot tall wrestling – 133 yeah and it seemed like anything i did on bottom i just went to my back in that match and it was borderline embarrassing how bad i got beat by this guy right Uh, and so going but going into the match at ncaa's like i kind of had a game plan i was like i I know this guy's really good at scrambling on top and found way to put me on my back from everywhere but I don't know that he's that great at scrambling you know when we're on our feet and I got a takedown I think in the first period and I don't remember exactly the match the the thing that stands out is that we were scrambling for like the last takedown uh in the third period and I got in a situation where I was going to take him to his back and he screamed and and got out of there and but I was like uh, negotiating with the referee. I was like, right. Hey, I want my back points, right? Yeah. I, I want my takedown and I want back points too. And then the referees kind of got together and they're like, okay, yeah, two back points. Nice. Yeah. Uh, so then I felt pretty good after that, that I was, I held on and won. So. So you went from a 15 to two turnaround to beating him and, yeah. you know, I'm assuming him and, you know, maybe it's just us as humans, right? Oh, I beat I dominated this dude earlier in the season. I got this guy. Yeah. He's looking to the next match probably. But that's the thing in this sport, man, you can't you can't ever do that. And yeah. I mean he's really good. He showed it the next year that Oh, absolutely. He won a national done. championship. Yeah. Uh so you're so you were the last guy to beat him in the NCAA championships. Uh, I guess so. Yeah. <laughs> uh that's an awesome story. I love it, love it, love it. So uh, you know not to really bypass your junior year too much, but I want to get into your senior year. And, you know, ultimately you kind of fell short of your goals the next couple of years. Mm-hmm. Um, but you stayed in the sport and you've been coaching at Pitt for years. Talk about the last time you, you wrestled and what was it like hanging up, hanging up the boots, so to speak. Um, and, you know, how was how did you pick yourself up and be like, I still want to be part of the sport? Because I had a guy, I don't know if you listened to it earlier, my first episode, Justin Waters, who coaches Gladiators Club in here in Imperial, he didn't come back to the sport for 11 years. The yeah. one had nothing to do with it was destroyed by it because he ripped his heart out. Um, you know, that has a tendency to do, you know, because we put so much effort and time and, you know, passion into our sport. Just walk me through that for me because I think it's important. And, you know, I'm sure a lot of people are, probably going through it or have gone through it yeah I um I don't know that I ever thought I need to get away from wrestling um I knew it was going to be part of my life no matter what um 
through college, I was, even high school and college, I was pretty successful wrestling freestyle as well. Right. So even after, like when I was graduating from Pitt, I knew that I was going to continue wrestling. So you're uh, trying to make uh, freestyle teams, world yeah, teams and stuff. Yeah. And okay. I was successful. Um, I won like the university nationals and stuff like that when I was in college. So okay. I, was, I knew even after the, uh, the NCAA championships my senior year, I knew, you know, what was it? Like a month later, I was going to go to the U.S. Open and compete right. there. So I never really thought about hanging it up at that point. But I didn't know that I was going to get into coaching at the time. Um, I was an architecture major at Pitt, and I thought I was going to end up going to grad school and trying to be an architect, um, get my master's and things like that. But one thing led to another from where I got a couple different um, training situations at, uh, you know, I, I trained at WVU for a couple of years. I trained at uh, University of North Carolina for a couple of years. And then I went to Lehigh where I was training and also the volunteer assistant and then came to Pitt after that. So okay. I was, it was kind of a long process, but it, it was really good that I went from, you know, wrestling in college to competing and focusing just on myself. And I felt like I made a lot of gains when I could just focus on my wrestling and what I needed to do uh, after that. And then it was a kind of a smooth transition to where I knew my time was kind of coming to an end competing, but, uh, knew the coaching was coming soon. Right. You talk about that, like last, you know, what happened or when you had to hang it up. And, and to be honest, it got to the point, it, I kind of laugh at it now, but it was to the point where I like, I kept getting older and these guys were still 18 to 20 years old. There was just a new guy coming in every year. And I was like, man, I just feel like I'm getting one step slower every year. Right. And uh, you know, it, it's hard to do. It's hard to give it up. But in the end, I, you know, I just was, didn't have any regrets for what I did with my career. Right. Wished it would have been better. I wish I would have accomplished some more goals, but I knew that I put my time in and I, I knew that, uh, it, you know, I, I still get the same joy coaching. It's not me out there competing, yeah. but I do really enjoy seeing guys succeed. Right. And, uh, you know, I was, I, I'm talking when I say end of career, like Ramos put his shoes on the mat last year, a couple of years ago, right? Stuff mm -hmm. like that. But, you know, you talk to some guys, they get injured and that's it, you know? Yeah. Um, but it sounds like you had a pretty long and uh, successful career on the freestyle side of things. And that's something I didn't know about you. I didn't know that you were that accomplished on the freestyle side of things. And that seems to happen a lot. I mean, some guys just take the freestyle a lot better than they do to folk style. Yeah. You know? I can remember that the last, one of the last matches I had was that I was in Cuba and I, wrestled this guy he's from cuba uh franklin castillo marin and he kicked my butt and at that right. time i was like man <laughs> this, this is tough and yeah so that was that was one of my last matches. kind of saw the writing on the wall and said hey maybe it's time to time to yeah. move on right yeah um before we get into how you started coaching at pit because you're ultimately still there right mm -hmm. give me a uh good randy stoudemire story because you know, I, I, I find him so fascinating and, you know, God rest his soul. He's taken up from us way too early, but yeah. you know, I had Brian Stout on earlier uh, last week and, you know, he, he told me a great story uh, about Randy and I find him super interesting. I never met the man, uh, 
my in-laws actually went to church with him all the way up until he passed away. So they have high regard for him as well. But give me a good Randy Stoudemire story. Yeah, I mean, there there's so many. I mean, Randy right. was like – he was such a great coach because he wasn't just a wrestling coach. Uh, right. you know, he really did care about the person that you were, the person you were going to become, and then, you know, what you were doing after that. So he was – he was – great to me and he was always by your side it didn't matter what time of day it was or anything i mean randy the entire time that he coached at Pitt, lived over an hour away in charleroi you know so he's commuting wow. you know 75 miles or whatever it is to to get to Pitt every single day and they live on a farm he would wake up you know feed the animals at four o'clock in the morning and then drive into Pitt and be there all day uh this guy could work like no other, like he was always working. And, you know, I just appreciate so much about him that way. And the thing that, that stands, stands out most probably is just the sayings that he would have. That's what know, I hear. You know, he, he would always have something. He would always say, uh, th this is funny because we still say it in the office today, his, his favorite, Keith's favorite quote of his is dance with the lady that brought you. And, uh, just being like, you don't need to believe something else because there's new, the next big thing. It's like, just dance with the lady that brought you and stick to what you're doing. Uh, that was a good one. He would, when you were running at the end of practice, uh, you'd be jogging and he'd say, pick your feet up like you own them. Uh, and don't look tired, don't act tired. You know, right. those were some funny ones that he would say almost every day in the practice room. Uh, but it, I can still hear it in my head. Right. Yeah. I mean, and that had to be, it sounds like he's a very similar to your high school coach, uh, mm -hmm. Throckmorton. And, uh, you know, that obviously had a big effect on you. And, you know, I, 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 the more and more I hear about him and the, the more I wish I would have met him and had a conversation with him because he sounds like such a great man. Um, but let's, let's, uh, let's move into this. You know, you find yourself, you know, you're, you've been at Pitt for how many years now? coaching man i think i've been here six years now okay so you've been at pit for six years how ultimately did you come on board how did that process happen um and, and why did you find it important to come back to pit and what was it like walking back in that room for the first time knowing that you're going to be helping the you know kids at your alma mater yeah um i don't know that i i knew that it was going to come that quick but mm -hmm. when I decided that I was going to get into the coaching, uh, like I said, I was volunteer assistant at Lehigh at working under Pat Santoro. Yeah. We, we would talk pit all the time. You know, Pat was two time national champ at pit loves yep. Pittsburgh. Um, and so we would talk about it all the time. And so I knew that at some point I was going to come back and coach at my alma mater because, you know, every other place I looked to coach, you know, I, I went on a couple other interviews and talked to some other coaches out there and I, I would have to see myself coaching that team. And every time I thought of that, I could see myself watching Pitt out of the corner of my eye, you know, it was like, <laughs> because I care most about my university. Um, right. Some people don't necessarily feel that. And I've learned that through coaching that, you know, some guys can, you know, pick up and leave, go one place to another, and there's nothing wrong with that. But I feel, for me, like I have a ton of pride in Pitt 
and the city of Pittsburgh. And um, that's one of the things that I, I hold most valuable about myself is that, you know, I, I really care about this university and helping guys succeed wearing that pit singlet. And that, that's nothing against kids that go somewhere else, but I, you know, I think it's, there's something really special about wearing that pit script across your chest. Amen. Amen. I love that. I love that. I love how passionate you speak. <laughs> um, so, you know, you've been at pit for six years now and you guys are really changing the tide, man. You guys are doing great things over there. What's it like to be part of something that's such a big movement? You know, you could see the city starting to get behind you guys and uh, you know, you guys are starting to get some really big name recruits in there and uh really starting to turn some heads already in a short time since Keith's taken over. Um, what's it like to be some, a part of something like that? It's obviously a lot of fun. Right. Um, a lot, a lot more fun to be winning than losing. Correct. Um, but a lot of times you got to take the losses to, to help you get better. And, you know, our first season that we were all together, we were four and 11. Um, right. So we weren't great, but we could see signs of being good and, and getting great. And so that's what, that's what makes you stick with it. Makes you want to, you know, keep plugging away. Um, you know, we talk about Pittsburgh, everybody says the city of champions and you know, that that's really fun to be a part of just because this city loves winners. Amen. Uh, it doesn't yep. matter if it's the Steelers, the Penguins, the Pirates or Pitt, you know, people want to get behind you if you're winning. Um, you know, this isn't wrestling, but I like to give the example that, our pit volleyball team has won uh, three straight ACC. Very uh, dominant. Yep. Championships. And, you know, when they first started, you know, three years ago on that run, they did not have a crowd at their games at all. And even sometimes in the past year or two, they haven't had hardly anyone at their games, you know, even on a Friday night, there's no one there, but you start climbing the ranks and you're the number 10 team. You're the number eight team, you're number six. Last year they were ranked as high as number three in the country and they are sold out, you know? So it's not always people that are just volleyball fans that are going to those matches. It's not just wrestling fans that come to our matches. It's people that want to see winning and they want to see things that happen at a high level, you know? So Pittsburgh is unique. They, they really get behind you when, when you're winning. And I love that about it because sure. We still want people to support us when we're losing or not having a great season. Right. But it gives you just as much and more motivation. Like, hey, we got to do something because we need the, this home crowd behind us. And you talk about Pittsburgh so passionately. And I love that because I am, <laughs> I mean, I'm a Yinzer through and through. I got, you know, Steelers and Penguins tattooed yeah. on my arm. And, uh, you know, anyone that knows me, like I got a thick Pittsburgh accent, you know, I'm, I'm to the max as far as Pittsburgh goes. Um, and, to talk so passionately about Pitt and, you know, obviously that's why, you know, when the whole new regime, you know, that's probably a big part of it when Keith took over and obviously that you guys have known each other from competing with each other in the past, but that's probably why he kept you on it. And, you know, talking about uh, Pitt so passionately. So go ahead and do yourself a favor here, you know, Sell and you've done a good job already, <laughs> but sell yourself, sell the program, sell Pit to my listeners out there. You know, I I, I have a pretty good uh, following now, and you know, I have a lot of you know highly rated you know high school guys listening to this. So go ahead and give yourself a little promo job. Uh, for <laughs> Pitt. 
you know, I, I don't like to speak too much about like just myself or what, you know, I think mm -hmm. we have a great staff. Yeah. Um, you know, Keith Gavin, I've been around, you know, like I said, I trained a lot of different places. Uh, I've been around a ton of coaches and, and Keith is by far one of the best guys, best coaches that I've been around. Um, yeah. It, we like to joke, you know, Pitt has the number one philosophy program in the world. That's, it's quite a stat. And that Keith was crazy. a philosophy major. So we like to <laughs> like kind of give him a hard time about that, but he really does like to think deeply about what we're doing, how we're training, you know, how to mentally prepare these guys and, you know, it, it works, you know, the, yeah. the, the training programs that we're putting together and the, um, just the, the way that these guys are going about, you know, the culture of the team and, um, things that we're doing off the mat, you know, it, it just, it's working. And yeah, man. So I can't speak highly enough of Keith and, and Jordan lean too is an awesome coach. Yep. Um, so I think we have a, a really unique thing going on just because we're all young. Uh, we all love what we do and we want to see our guys succeed. So Good stuff, uh, man. that's great. And then on top of that, you know, Pitt's a, a great university, number one public school in the Northeast, you know, kind of like for three years straight now. So things are, are going really well. Uh, we can't be happier with uh, those results for, from the last couple of years. And we just have to keep building off of it. Um, you know, we've went from, you know, like I said, four and 11 to, you know, then we were ranked like top 10, I think. And last year we yeah. finished uh, eighth. Um, yeah. But with the, the COVID stuff, it, it, it was hard to deal with, but we had uh, a couple seniors that you know, that's obviously really tough for, Yeah. but the, the guys that are returning, you know, they didn't take a break. You know, they, they have been, you know, we can't watch their workouts or even be around them right now, but like, just hearing that, you know, these guys are getting the, the workouts that they need because they're still just as hungry. Yeah. It got suspended a year, but they, uh, they want it just as bad. And, you know, you talk about bringing in a guy like Luke Pletcher to your RTC program. Mm -hmm. And obviously he's very close and had, I've been watching him and Mickey wrestle since I swear they've been five years old, you know, various yeah. tournaments and stuff. And yeah. that's why I thought it was so funny when Mickey, when they announced, you guys announced that you had signed Luke and Mickey said, Welcome aboard, coach. And I'm like, yeah, he's coach, but you guys have probably been training partners for years, right? And yeah. I, I found that so cool. Yeah. Um, so, last thing I'm gonna, last topic I want to bring up before we get into, uh, before I kind of wrap up the show. My my show is called Near Falls with D Hall, right? And uh, I wanted you to give me your favorite uh, near fall or pin you've ever been a part of as a coach and as a competitor, and and break that stories down for me. Uh, I mean, best pin as a competitor is pretty easy for me. My junior year in high school, um, I was, let's see, I got third at the WPIL. Uh, I never made the WPIL finals, which was wild. I got caught every year and, you know, <laughs> never, never made the finals. But back then you knew how, like, the, the uh, if you got third place, you knew who you were going to wrestle uh, from another district, you know, just because okay. the brackets regenerated were, uh, themselves. Kind right. Of thing. Right. Yeah. And so I knew that if, when I got third place, I knew I had to wrestle this kid, Jermaine Jones, who was returning 
two-time state champ uh, first round at the state tournament. Wow. So I was, like, excited, nervous, scared, you know, all of it. And he, you know, I'm sure people out there, you know, they call it the Jonesy tilt, whatever. His two-on-one tilts were, like, the best ever, the best I've ever seen. Um, And he had beat me earlier in the year. Um, It was a, a decent match, but he beat me. Uh, and so I wrestled him first round and I got like two takedowns in the first period and second, uh, second period, I got a takedown right into a low leg cradle. <laughs> You're good. I got a takedown right into a low leg cradle and, uh, pinned him. And I can, like, I can still remember Hershey Park arena, like going nuts and yeah, it, it was fun. So that's incredible. And just quickly, you speak about, we talked, we didn't even really get into the dominance of the whip heel. Talk about you never made the Whippeal finals, but you were an All-American. That's yeah. that's a crazy statistic right there yeah. alone. Uh, what a what a cool story. So um, I'm sure the arena was just buzzing. I mean, throwing the dude on the bat on his back and sticking him. You know, to, yeah. everyone probably had him penciled in to win the state championship. Yeah, year. probably. I mean, it would have been his third. Uh, right. He was already going, you know, to Ohio State and had a, you know, had that all in the bag. But that's crazy. Pretty special for me. So how about as a how about as a coach? Because I'm sure you know, uh, as a coach, sometimes I have some people you know people that I have on. They're like, "Well, I don't really have any as a competitor, but as a coach." And yeah. a lot of times it's weird, and I've found this to be over the last couple of guys that I've talked to. It's not really been uh, the your studs, your hammers, right? It's been a kind of guy that's been an upset that you didn't expect to kind of happen, type yeah. of thing. So. Man. That, that's a tough question. We're, there's, I mean, I can think of some like really big wins and things like that, but as far as putting someone on their back, um, man. I mean, you had, uh, you end up getting the back points, which kind of was back points and your national uh, first round match when you all American. Yeah. So, you know, that could potentially count. Uh, or no, that was, that was as a competitor. I'm sorry. That was competitor too. Right. Yeah. It's it's weird that that I mean, man. Trying to think, we we've had some really close dual meets uh, in the past couple of years, and and I can't remember how many of them came down to back points. Right. But our heavyweight for the last couple of years, Demetrius Com- Demetrius Meech, Thomas, yeah, yeah, uh, you know, call Meech. Yeah, he was so clutch for the past couple of years. Yeah, and I don't know how many of them were back points, but he would go out there and freight train double leg someone and. It the whole arena would feel it, and I know, and I, I can still see him like just snapping the guy's head and running through a double leg. And as soon as we saw him walk out on the mat, and we're within three or sometimes four points, it's like we feel pretty good about this. You know, he's going to yeah. get it, go get it done, and he did that. I think there were, I forget if it was this year or the past year, where there were like five or six dual meets that came down to heavyweight, and he won all of them for us. I didn't lose a single dual meet. So that, those stuff. are special. You know, I remember all those. Uh, I'm trying to think if there were any, were any big ones at the NCAA tournament that, that mm-hmm. came down to back points. But uh, I mean, you've coached so many matches. And, you know, normally I give you guys, the people that I have on, so, some sort of a heads up that I'm going to ask that question so you can rack your brain. <laughs> but I kind of dropped the ball on this one. So, you know. I'll have you back on and we'll, you know, right. we'll, I'll, I'll try and think you know, it. <laughs> it's okay. Um, 
But you uh, probably have some guys like texting me like, I can't believe you forgot I pinned this. <laughs> For real, right? Yeah. Right. Uh, but do you have anything else before me before I kind of do the closing remarks and or anything like that? No, I just uh, appreciate you having me on. Um, these are fun to do. You know, it's fun yeah. to, you know, talk wrestling, you know, even though it's over Zoom and everybody would love to be in person that, but right. you know, it, it's cool to get the word out there and get people uh, excited about wrestling coming back. That's what I'm trying to do, man. I know I understand that there's, you know, not a lot going on. Obviously, you know, I'm recording this and this isn't going to come out for a couple of weeks, but we had the big, uh, you know, flow wrestling card on this weekend and that's super exciting. And, you know, just to get a little taste of wrestling is, you know, selfishly, I love doing these because I'm such a nut with wrestling, man. I just, I love talking about it, you know, and, uh, for sure. But, uh, uh, well, that's going to wrap it up for this edition of near falls with D hall. I want to thank Drew Headley for coming on and, kind of talking pit wrestling, talking a little bit about his story and, you know, talking about pit so passionately. And obviously they're doing big things out there and, you know, just go down, check out the, check out the pit uh, wrestling team at the field house, man. They are something special to watch. A lot of fun, a lot of energy, man. And even if, you know, obviously if you're listening to this, you probably love wrestling, but even if you're not a huge fan, man, it's just enjoyed the passion, the intensity that's out there. It's truly incredible. Um, but that being said, I just have a couple announcements for you guys. Like I said before, uh, continue to check out Fantasy uh, 1.01, the fantasy football podcast that I am part of. Uh, check out uh, D3 Nation podcast with Anthony Gennaro Bonaventure. I have their um, story in the archive on my channel. Um, very cool stuff they're doing over there. And, you know, if you guys want some hats or whatever, hit me up. I'll, I'll take care of you guys. Um, but that being said, you know, this is going to wrap up another edition of Falls with D-Hall, a wrestling podcast. Have a good night, guys.